0: You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind.
1: Mr. Hennessy, hi. <laughs> hi, Lou Need. How's it going?
0: Oh, oh, it's going brilliant. Great to see yeah. you
1: you too it's an honor thank you for taking the time to join me this today
0: oh it's my pleasure and i i just reminded myself by looking at that you did a half uh triathlon half ironman that's what i remember i did have you i have done i did my first ever marathon and that actually plays into some stuff we'll talk about it was because i got a phone call in 2018 from a friend of mine who i've done a lot of hiking with okay and he said to me uh I'm thinking about doing a marathon. And I said, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. You know, everybody has that kind of story in their mind, but I'm not a runner. i have never ran. And he called me, it was March the 7th, 2018. He said, well, I want to do a marathon and I'm going to do it in Greece, the original marathon. Wow. And I said, I'm in. It was November that year, November the 11th. So I trained between March the 7th and November 11th. And I finished the marathon and I was like totally stoked that I did this.
1: That is exciting. You did what no one has like been able to do. You didn't shut up here at a of time, the training.
0: No, I didn't. And actually, I kind of... Uh shall I say ignored all the other stuff I read on the internet about how you should train (laughs) because it didn't it didn't work for me like what I essentially done I'm making it very simple there's a lot of stuff but I compounded the distance I could run the first day I ran which was the I think that was a Monday on the Wednesday I ran for the first time I did like uh, less than just over a mile like 1.7 kilometers and then I was like wow, this is not that easy because I have never <laughs> ran. Like I was yeah. not not a jogger or nothing. Like I carried a big backpack and I've gone through the Alps. Like I have did the same friend, him and I have already traversed all the French Alps from the bottom of France to, to enter into Switzerland. So I'm comfortable with that kind of movement, but I'd never done the idea of running, but I just thought this would be epic to run from the, you know, the original marathon and then, to get to Athens and enter into the old Olympic Stadium, which oh. is where we ended. So and and actually being able to continue walking afterwards because a lot of people were on the ground mm-hmm. and I saw people on the ground uh, on the way to. And uh, I learned a lot from this experience, and it actually ties into my morning routine, which you'll talk about. More. Good,
1: it changes your life. Marathon and triathlon gave me a new perspective. One, I got to know my city a little more personally because I'm running 20 miles around my city yeah. every weekend. But also, it transcends into like life and obstacles and challenges. Like, oh, okay, I I can do six miles with no problem in under an hour, okay, what else can I, can I do? It builds that mental capacity to know that you're confident enough to uh, tackle other things. That's what running did for me.
0: The swimming? How about the swimming? You learned to swim? Because I can tell you a swim story, but I want to hear your swim story. Not that yes. I'm interviewing you, but... <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> David, let me tell you. I was 32 years old and i from Haiti. and In the Caribbean, a lot of people don't know how to swim. I don't know why. Really? It's bizarre. Yeah, in the Caribbean a lot of us don't know how to swim although we are in the water, we have beaches all surrounding us.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I was 32 years old, I've never swam in my life and I was I was like I want to do a triathlon but I don't know how to swim. So this will give me a reason <laughs> to learn how to swim. So yeah. I signed up before even si- I signed up for the race before I signed up for the swimming class. That sounds like me, like
0: I <laughs> signed up for the marathon, registered and everything, bought the plane ticket and it said, okay, I better figure out how to run.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> the commitment's already there. So yeah. now the the brain is like kicked into high gear of like, mm-hmm. oh, we got to do this. We got to learn this. Or oh, we're going to drown. <laughs> we're yep. not going to come out and finish the race. So I had to be able to swim a little over a mile and I had to do it in under an hour. Yeah. And So, I had never swam before, and I think I had two months to do it. So, I was swimming at the YMCA with the five and six year olds. Okay. And I was like, I I would
0: be doing that too.
1: (laughs) I even, my first day, I think I had a wetsuit on in the pool. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because I needed to float. I needed to help. I needed help floating. So, that's how it, it started with the YMCA. And then I gradually went to the 13 year olds a month later. Now, it was the race is approaching. So I was like, I need to go swim at the rec center where the people who I'm competing against are swimming. So I ended up, I'm going to the rec center and I think I had three weeks before the race. Uh, and I showed up and my first day there, the swim instructor said, "Lunid, you're too slow. You're slowing everyone down. Okay. I was like, I'll get better coach. <laughs> I'll get better. So I showed up the next day. And as soon as I showed up, he comes into the, before I even get in the water, he was like, Lunid, this is the director of the rec center. We really cannot have you in this class. I was like, but I have a race in three weeks. What wow. can I, what am I going to do? I, I need to learn how to swim and I need to mm-hmm. make it through this race. It was like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to learn elsewhere, but you cannot do this. And this is at 5am. I'm getting out of bed at 4am to go swim five to six before I can make it to work for seven o'clock. Okay. Yes. And I'm getting shut down and rejected and telling me I'm not welcome here because I don't know how to swim. But at the time I didn't take it personal. It was just yes. another obstacle. They were just like, okay, well, I need to learn how to swim. So I, I showed up the next day and they uh, escorted me out.
0: Because oh, really? I would not
1: give up. Yeah. What's that,
0: politics in the rec center? I mean, I yeah. will not even touch that one. That's amazing.
1: I got escorted out. And then I was like, all right, I need to figure out. I got, I'm down to two weeks and four days before my race. Uh, I need to figure out. So I went back to the um, YMCA. And I started swimming on my own in the morning. And then taking the class to perfect my form. But I learned how to swim on um, race day. I showed up, it was cold, it was up, up in California and I finished Where was it, my...
0: pardon me, what water were you were you in the sea?
1: We were in the bay. In the bay. We were in the bay. In okay. the bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started I, I went in swimming. I came out, I think I finished in about fifty five minutes. Okay. Just enough time to continue on. Because if I didn't make it in that time frame, I couldn't continue with the 56-mile, with the rest of the um, Ironman, half Ironman process. So that was huge success. I learned how to swim within two months to compete a 70.1-mile race that I had heard of maybe two months
0: ago. And that really shows you demonstrated to yourself, because that's what it's all about. It's not to other people what you're capable of, because I find that you can do just about anything once you have the motivation. I mean, I learned French not because anything beyond having the motivation so I could communicate and hear and understand my children because they're bilingual Mm -hmm. and they they used to always speak in French with their mom and, and between themselves. More importantly, the conversation they had between themselves was in French and I was clueless. Yeah. When I moved to France, I didn't speak any French. And I felt so isolated. So I decided I was going to learn how to speak French and understand it. So I didn't take any classes. I no. just learned a true conversation.
1: Good for you. Because so, it's not yeah. an easy language to learn either.
0: No. But I think the French people, in my experience, are very forgiving. They they appreciate that you, you're you trying to converse. Mm-hmm. And then I, well, you would know about this too, and and some of your listeners as well, is that... The brain is amazing with what it's absorbing from all around you when you're driving, when you're listening yeah. in conversation. You wonder, how do I know that? Because it's picking up a lot of information, which is a good thing and a bad thing, as you know. If mm-hmm. you're around toxic stuff all the time, depending on how you define toxic, could be anything. That's what you're absorbing, even if you think you're not. Yeah. Like I remind people that... If you listen to music or read things all the time or watch movies all the time that are really not beneficial for you, you're embedding that into yourself. You may think you're not, but you actually are. So it's very important how you use your mind. Why do you think that? Oh, I believe that we, like I say, that we all have the capacity to learn from what's going on around us. And we're very much, even though we think only as children, that children are like sponges, I think as adults we are too. And I think that like a lot of people say, you know, it's harder to learn a language as you get older. Well, that wasn't the case for myself. I had the motivation. I think the difference between adults and children is that children... Rarely, rarely in their minds do uh, need to have the voice going, I'm not capable of doing this. This is not possible. A child wants to be an astronaut. It wants to be whatever they want. An adult says, I'd like to be an astronaut, but I don't think I can. Well, who told you that? I don't yeah. know, but I don't think I can. And that voice continues in their head. So when you, the world around us, there's lots of choices all the time that we make. And if we let ourselves be exposed to things that are working against us, it can be very destructive. And me personally. When I was uh, very young, I was very, shall we say, um, introverted, very shy. I couldn't speak up until I got older. And with the creation of the Wonder Technique, I had a burning desire to share. Plus, I had something valuable that people wanted to hear. Yeah. But before that, I mean, I didn't speak up. And now, like when I'm at an event in in France, it's quite hilarious actually. And there's like I go to an event on the environment or something, and people say, "Anybody got a question?" I got the hand up and I'm not even the local the native person. They're like, I'm, and they're like, they hear my voice like, he's not local, but he's <laughs> speaking in French. Okay, what is he saying? Like, So I now will even speak up in when I'm way out of my comfort zone.
1: Yeah, uh, something interesting you said, um, David, is the subconscious mind. We operate out of that space 95% of the oh, yeah. time. So we are programming. We are be program. And yes. so we, we are, as you said, listening and learning from our environment. People who have said things about us, people who are talking with us, who, who are feeding almost like just like we feed our, our bodies, we feed our minds, our eyes, our ears, because that will come out. Because if somebody, you know, kids, we're programmed, as you said, as an early on, we don't, they don't rationalize and says, I can't be an astronaut. But as adults, we might have heard somebody that says we couldn't do something. And then we translated and concluded that we're not enough. We can't do this. We're not good enough. And it, it starts to manifest in everything we do, like directing our, our behavior.
0: It's tragic. It's really quite tragic. To me, it's and. The the thing is, is that you asked me maybe if we have time, because, I mean, I'm Irish, originally born in Ireland, so I'm genetically programmed to speak. So sometimes we can get carried away. But the, the idea is that how people say, I have a difficulty finding my purpose. And I believe we all have a purpose inside of us. And we are almost to, shall we say, I remember once I, w- I read, and you might know of, you may agree, disagree with what she's written, but Marion Williamson, I read once in one of her books, she said that... The thing that scares people the most—well, most, I'm paraphrasing—is who, what they're capable of doing, who they mm. are. They hide their brilliance, and we're afraid to do. Like people know what their purpose is, but they—they they say, "No, that can't be it." Like they, you know, it's like it's like what could it be? And then when I talk with somebody and we start to ask questions, I start to ask questions, they start to get answers from them. They're like they're finding it on their own because yeah. it was already there,
1: right? It's, it's, it's in there. It's innate. And that's a big portion of our show is how do you find your purpose? Because I meet with people like you who developed the wonder technique, who, who found your purpose and then using it as a gift to bring people, other people along to help and serve other people. And that's the whole, that's the point is to Mm -hmm. kind of tap into what makes your soul happy, what makes you whole, and then utilize that and bring not leave the world the way you found it, right? Make a difference in a way that touches other people's lives. And so finding your purpose, a lot of people struggle with it. I did for over 20 years. And and I would just say, no, that's not it. That can't be it. Oh, I, I'm, a, I'm an introverted. I, I want to teach. No, that's not right. I, I, you know, I want to create a platform where I can talk to people. No, that's not it. And so that self-doubt creeps in and mm-hmm. then it stifles you. And in the minute you, you can't have love and faith and doubt living in the same space, right? Whenever fear kicks in, everything else goes running yes. and that takes over. And so I want to talk about your wonder technique and how you came about finding it in that living your purpose.
0: Okay. Ask me questions. I'm all here.
1: Yeah. Let's, <laughs> so let yeah. What is the wonder technique?
0: Okay. The wonder technique itself at its core is a teaching acronym, but to backtrack a little bit as to how it came about, it came about a long time ago, 1999, was when it came about. And it came about just after, the exact story was in 1996, my mom went through uh, two bouts with cancer. And what I discovered at that moment in time when I spent time with her, I wasn't the only person supporting her, but when I spent time with her, traveling around to medical appointments was, I have the capacity to simplify complicated things. Because mm-hmm. when she was told, David how do I, you know, the doctors would say, the naturopaths would say, these are certain steps you need to do. And when you're going through a lot of stress in your life, somebody is going through anything, emotional, relationship, physiological, it's hard for you to integrate things unless you have the tools already in place. That's right. a side uh, avenue we could talk about another time, which I believe in the idea of resilience in advance. That's what I tell people. You have to be strong ahead of the time, but mm-hmm. back, uh, you have to have the tools in place. So back at that time, I already had a great curiosity to learn about things, and I still have that decades later and as a kid I used to have it that was something I knew that I always was very curious and I loved to learn and I don't think I'll ever lose that I think when they you know if they put me in a box someday they'll know I'm still there because I'll knock on it you know and I'll go <laughs> I have another question Are oh, we still alive we can't get that David guy out of here but it's like I'm constantly curious to learn it doesn't matter what it is because I believe everything is integrated together that's why the wonder technique is a holistic approach to personal development after need after my mom recovered I started to kind of integrate the information that i learned and, and touched on when I was work wor- assisting her or being around her. But more importantly, I'd already finished my university work and psychology and everything, but nothing was really organized. Mm-hmm. I think it, was, it was, wasn't really organized in my own mind. So we're kind of finding... Purpose is is the situation here, like what you've talked about. But what happened was one day I was sitting down and I was looking at all the materials that I had from journals, because I, when somebody gives me a piece of information, I want to know the science behind it. And I want to know, is it good research? Like if it's two people and they did it over one week and they asked the people their opinion on something, to me, that's not really that valid. Like I'm looking for a, a good source of information. So I looked at all the information I had on multiple parts for personal development And I looked at these are principles. The principles are the idea of the importance of rest, the importance Mm -hmm. of getting outside, the importance of hydration, our state of mind, the foods that we eat, our exercise, and they all come together. And I believe that you probably notice having done something incredible when you've done a half Ironman is that it was more than just about your body. It was more than just about your mind. You needed to rest. You needed to take care of your body. You needed to get fresh air. You needed to hydrate yourself. And I'm frequently sharing with people the whole idea that if there's an issue with one part of your life, it's related to all things. It's not separated. That is true. Yeah. So then when I the Wonder Technique, helped me put together um, all this information. And actually, it was for me because somehow, and I, you know, what? I believe my mom was partially responsible for this mom's talk with other friends and stuff like that. And she put, yeah, and you know what, David was around a little bit and he helped me and like, oh, people are really curious. So what was he able to do? And I actually started off by doing my first ever like event and Mm -hmm. I had no idea how I was going to present it. I Mm -hmm. was like a fire hose presenting information, which if you've ever been to an event where somebody has like a screen with, you know, it's a page of writing, like it's yeah. too much information. <laughs> you don't learn nothing. They're super passionate, but you're like, what would, What did they say? And I quickly realized that I was speaking way too fast, sharing way too much information. People were curious, but there was no way they were going to retain it. So I created the wonder technique, which I, I'm going to share with you right now, is that each letter of the word wonder, now it worked out to be the word wonder, which was <laughs> Incredible, because W is for water, O is for outside, N is for no worries, D is for delicious, nutritious foods, because people don't eat just nutritious food, it has to taste well, E is for exercise, and O is for rest. That was in 1999. And that, just if I can share with people, uh, I know that you asked me earlier by email, you know, what is my why? What is my purpose? My purpose Mm -hmm. is to bring everybody, it's actually kind of ties into your your swimming, up to sea level on the principles of personal development. If I can share just that acronym with everybody, and they can say every day in the morning, no, I need to get outside, I need to drink some water, did I have a good night's rest? Am I eating well? Like going through the acronym and at the night checking in on that, They really have been able to see, okay, what am I covering? And they're taking care of themselves. So it relates to self-care and all kinds of things. Because if people want to, for example, meditate proper and do a good experience in their mind, and take care of themselves in their mind, if you're not eating properly, you would notice that neurologically, you're out of balance. Like if your blood sugar spiking all over the place, if you're not well rested, if you're in a room where the air is stagnant, you can't meditate properly. I have never yet heard anybody who's teaching meditation talk about holistic approach to meditation. And I talk about it in part of how I share with people is that if you want to improve one part of your life, you actually start to work on every part of your life.
1: That is the theme. It's almost like traditional um, Chinese medicine, right? Where they're encompassing the yin yin the holistic aspect to it. And you're doing so with psychology and nutrition. That's yes. what makes yours so unique. Yeah. Combining the two with nutrition. And I like the acronym. And let's see if I remember it. So it's water. It yes. is outside. It outside is activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside activity. It is no worries. Yes. And delicious, nutritious food. Yes, yes, for exercise and yes. R is for rest,
0: <laughs> yeah, which encompasses sleep. Exactly. Bang on. And when I've done events in that people, they get a copy of my, like a bookmark that I made with that on there. And there's a lot of stuff that's inside the wonder technique, Lunid, which kind of goes down like the, all, the ebooks I wrote, the, the 90 books that I have. It's kind of a, it's like taking a piece of it. Like how to sleep well and wake up energized, how to focus your mind and become, you know, achieve your goals, how to work on your concentration. These are all like pieces of it because I respect the fact that some people are working on one thing that's different from another person. Mm -hmm. So we might need to, shall we say, a tune-up in a different area. But it's all interconnected because if you improve your ability to sleep, you improve your ability to learn. And if you improve your ability to learn, you improve your ability to to adapt a new habit that you want to learn. Like it's all, it just crosses all over the place. Yeah. And, it, and it's amazing to me as well how... Unfortunately, it's surprising. Like, when I've done some events and that, I always remember um, I could her name. When I think about it, her name comes in my mind. Mary. One lady who attended one of my events, and I recognized her at the beginning of the event. I always take the time. I show up early. I take the time to just wander around, meet and chat with people, which I recommend to people to do that, not just show up. You know, yeah. at the last minute and run on stage. And I saw this lady, Mary, and I said I recognized her. And I said you've been here before. And she said yeah, I have. I came before. And now this is, like, it's hard for me to say, but she said, I changed her life. And they said, that's not possible. How did I do that? And she said, because you convinced me through what you shared, the importance of hydration. i never thought it was important before. And she told me now drinking water as a precursor. I'm not a doctor. Don't pretend to be one. Is not the cure for headaches, but she used to have headaches that were caused by dehydration. Mm-hmm. By her understanding the value of, of drinking water, those headaches went away. And what's most important about this, she was a nurse. She never knew in her training how important hydration was. so I don't make any assumptions that somebody comes from a certain background that what they will have certain information. And it, it the key is is a lot of times I really I'm sharing with people the secret is in the simplicity. And that's actually you may notice this here is very dangerous for people. A lot of people don't want the simple. They yeah. want the complicated. Like if a relationship's going too well, they're like, there's a problem. No, there isn't a problem. It's going well. Just jeopardize it. Jeopardize it. <laughs> yeah. <sir.
1: laughs> yeah.
0: So there's lots of different things there.
1: Yeah. Hydrating first thing in the morning is one of the habits that entrepreneurs, myself, my team, everyone adhere to because mm-hmm. you you it's waking you up, but you know, the brain needs you need that clarity. It's over 70% water. You need to put that to, to put that back in there. And also I want to talk a little bit about rest because so many people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And the morning routine starts the night before it starts with adequate sleep. It starts with preparing your subconscious mind. Thomas Edison says, do not go to sleep without giving your mind something to ponder on your subconscious mind, because it's working as we started this conversation. It's forever and always working on for you and on your behalf. So don't give it a scary movie. Don't read social media before you go to bed. Cause that's, what's going to mull over for the next six to eight hours.
0: We're on the same path here. I totally yeah. agree. With you.
1: <laughs> it's imperative that you're reviewing your goals. It's imperative you're being grateful. It's imperative that you're calming down and de-escalating as you drift into wonderland, blissful. So you can get what do you call it? So you can get chemical. So you can get recharge properly yes. and effectively. So let's talk about sleep because a lot of people struggle with it. I don't. I ebb and flow. Sometimes it's it's good. Sometimes it's like ah oh, okay, three hours is all I'm going to get today. Okay, I'm out of bed. But it's so crucial because it ties into the whole wonder piece of it to kind of go full circle um, because you need adequate sleep so you can have a better morning routine so you can show up better, think better. So tell us, how can we start like dealing with that? You know,
0: <laughs> I will tell you very, very happily and actually you shared a number of things. That I can totally relate to, and especially, I'm sure that you've seen photographs of Edison. He was a great napper. He didn't sleep so much, but there's photographs for those people listening, and I've mentioned this to people before of him in his his workshop uh, sleeping on the workbench, yeah. or in his office. He has cots, sleeping cots. He had because he used to, he do, he did exactly what you were mentioning. He knew how to sew in his subconscious mind an idea, and then he would go for a nap. Pointing to the idea of better sleep, I think one of the key things that people ignore, and it's quite simple, is the idea of a routine. If you can get down to a routine that you say, I'm going to go to bed every day of the week at a certain time, your your mind and your body gets geared towards that. So it's you who decides that. You want to establish a routine so that your body knows that every 10 o'clock every night, then I'm I'm settling down. And then you create the environment around that. And you've mentioned a little bit about this before. That enables you to get a deeper sleep and not go into a disturbed level of sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, your sleeping environment is also very important. It's not to be too cold and not to be too hot. So I think it's like 16 to 17 degrees, 17 degrees Fahrenheit, roughly 60, 65 degrees. uh, Pardon me, 16 to 17 degrees. Uh, Celsius, Celsius, and then about in the 60s, mid-60s for Fahrenheit, you to remember, because here we mm-hmm. use <laughs> every country in the world we might be running on Fahrenheit every Sunday. So not too cold, but not too hot. And that helps you engage sleep. Also being in darkness. I'm sure you mm-hmm. know this too, complete darkness. And if you sleep in the same room with somebody who doesn't like the darkness for whatever reason, then you're going to have to pretend you're on an airplane. And have a mask or something to block out the light because when you're you're in the dark, melatonin rises, as you know, yeah. and therefore it engages all the mechanisms of sleep. And that's part of our biochemistry as human beings because that's an alert system that used to wake us up. and mm-hmm. we're really quite ancient as human beings. We still have a lot of habits, whether it's fight or flight and everything that still exists, and you can't really pull out of your system. so for to not you know give too much, but if somebody's listening, a routine. Set up your environment that works for you. Bless you. Mm-hmm. And also the idea that you know you want to be in a dark room, and you also want to look at the idea of the temperature in the room, mm-hmm. and and be prepared for that. So you know if you find yourself a little bit cold, some people wear loose fitting socks, some people put an extra blanket under bed, and of course be, your bed being comfortable is also really important. For some people, they need quality mattress you know you're spending a lot of time sleeping and it has a very very important part of your life don't be cheap on your mattress and (laughs) and expensive on your car you know or your vehicle or your watch or what clothing your mat is really important because some people you know i mean i like a a firmer mattress it works well for me and it's like that's something that's important so you have to respect your own needs with on all of that and then there's lots more to it you mentioned something and. You asked me to talk about routine, and, and if it's the appropriate time, I will share with you because I have a nighttime routine, which is the reverse of my morning time routine.
1: Yeah, let's um, before we dive into the yeah. morning routine. So, for the nightly routine, there are people, different habits, right? Because habits are forming without our permission, they're forming to solve a problem for us, and we yes. have the routines whether we think we do or not. Yes. Whatever your, your ritual is, it, it's in place. And for some people, they, they want white noise. And for others, they want it totally silent. Yes. You know, it's finding out what's yours, what works for you, and then actually doing that. And I agree with you. Invest in a nice mattress because you don't want back pain. You don't want to be cranky. You don't want neck pain. You don't in a in a pillow, in a nice pillow too. And it depends.
0: Some people sleep with a pillow and some people don't. You have to, you know, it's it's important so you know what's the right position for you. Experiment. Uh, For some people, for example, over the years, I remember I used to sleep on my stomach and I used to wait. I I never realized there was a relationship between that and a pain in my back. But it was because the way my body is structured, my body doesn't like that. Once I identified that, Mm -hmm. the pain went away. So you, you pay attention to how you feel in the morning after you wake up, because the goal is that you, when you wake up, you should feel energized, not that you need to go back to sleep.
1: Yeah, I agree. My husband loves white noises. And to me, it's just that white noise. <laughs> okay. I don't want to hear it. but I will try to get binomial beats in there, you know, with, um, get the brain waves, um, working again, I'm trying to capitalize on the subconscious mind being at rest. I'm trying to capitalize on, um, uh, subliminal messages, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting those affirmations in place, because if it's going to be white noise, it might as well, might as well be constructive, <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
0: You're <laughs> pulling in everything and it's amazing what you're doing, Luni because th- you have access to all these tools and we all have access to all these tools. Like the internet is an access pathway to so much information and the challenge is, is that people have to decide what they're going to use.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that some people are just like, I just don't know what to choose and they don't make anything. Decision. But the thing is, they're still making a decision. They're making they a decision not to change. And I, I, I share with people, like, if there's something in your life that you want to change, go into the future and think about what will happen in five or 10 years time. If you never make that change, mm-hmm. whether you, you need to change relationship, your finances, mm-hmm. your work, anything like that, go into the future and see how will you feel in 10 years time? If you still have that challenge of communication with your child, right? And then come back to now and you found the motivation. You Hmm. need to have the motivation and the motivation comes from inside of you. It doesn't come from anywhere else because the motivation from outside of you will ebb and flow people motivating you. No, like if when you want to do the, uh, the Ironman, it's about wanting to do it. When I decided to do the, uh, the marathon, it was because I wanted to do it. When I wanted to recover from the back injury I had, it was because I wanted to get over that experience and, and to have my body healed so I could live the life that I love to live. So it's a decision that we make.
1: The power of the decision. Mm-hmm. Then you you decide. You burn. Uh, uh, Tony Robbins says once you make a decision, burn all the boats. There's only one plan. <laughs> there's yeah. plan. There's plan A. And so that decision factor really gives you your why. Because if yes. you know the why, the how is none of your business.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. It's going to. It's going to show up. It's going to. You're going it. to figure out. Yeah. It's going yeah. you know, That's the one. A lot. I think a lot of us focus so much on the how. We need turn by turn direction. We need to know like five years, this is going to be okay. I'm going to benefit the, the, reap the benefits of this decision that I made five years ago. The how is none of your business. It's easier, uh, Steve Jobs says, it's easier to connect the dots looking backwards than it mm-hmm. is looking forward. Mm-hmm. And so if you know, if we know the why, I think once I found out the why, the how started to come. It's almost like trusting the universe to provide too, right? Because yeah. then you give you the the guideline of the right people will show up. The right tools will show up. Once the student is ready, the teacher will appear. All these are just popping up, David. You must be bringing this stuff out of me. You're (laughs) recording (laughs) like crazy. You're bringing this
0: stuff out of me. Yes. And this is interesting. A lot of people will learn about different ways how they can market their business on social media. That's a how. That's not a why. So they're inundated with things and they're marketing in every different part of the world. or all over the place. But the point is, why are you doing it? That's what's important. And once you're doing it, you change the way you do things. And you don't have to do everything the same way as other people. Like for myself, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. That's a choice. That's a a time usage choice for me. And it's like I put everything, all my work is really available to people through my website. And they can find it from there. So that's, I make it centralized. It's easier for me. It's easier for me to manage my time. And it's easier for people who want to be in contact with me. Now, I know that people have different styles of learning. But honestly, I don't want to fight the algorithm as to whether my content is good or not. I want people to decide when they connect with me. So that's that's the decision that I make. So the, the how, as you say, you know, you decide what will work for you and don't get pulled by the world. And mm-hmm. actually that's part of purpose is that once you are on purpose, there's things you need to avoid. And that's being pulled off track by other people that are saying, well, you should do this, you should do that. But no, actually you feel you should go this way. You have yeah. to pay attention to that.
1: That is good. That is good. Thank you for sharing that. That resonates deeply. Let's talk about your, we'll talk about your night routine first, right? Because it leads to the morning routine.
0: (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. And actually, this is great that we're, we're able to tie your story a little bit with all due respect to my story about the marathon and yours, about the because to backtrack a little bit in 2014, I had a, I, I had a rock climbing accident. I fell and I couldn't walk for six months because when I, when I hit the ground, I damaged my spine. Wow. And that taught me, and we don't have a lot of time to, to, to talk about that. But the point is, is that I learned the importance of how I controlled my mind as part of that recovery. I didn't want to have an operation done, which even though the surgeon recommended it, I wanted to take the time to have my body heal completely. And so to me to actually participate in the marathon four years later was super, super incredible because I was going to test, could I run without hurting myself? Right? Would my back injury come back? Because you're running on the road, right? <laughs> you know, horrible. <laughs> yeah. And would crowds of people believe in the crowds of people, but how is it going to do that? So after the marathon in 2018, I realized that there was something I was doing in my mind. That was seemed to be working really well. And there's a reason why it really came to a forefront was that three weeks before the marathon. OK, so this is in October uh, 2018. I woke up one morning and it was my right. knee. It was my, my right knee was sore. And I was like, hang on a second here. I don't feel like I can run anymore. I was thinking if I try and run and normally it's a real ramp up at the end of your marathon, mm-hmm. if I run more and I injure myself, I won't be able to go to Greece and I won't be, you know, I have the plane ticket and everything. And and all my the friends I, that are going to run with me are going to be there. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? So I decided in my mind that I would walk. So literally the last three weeks I didn't even run. Okay. I would walk each day and I would visualize myself doing the marathon. Yeah. And I looked online for photographs of the finish line and I really worked mentally preparing myself to see the end point that I wanted to go to. Now, I had done all the training and uh, as a little bit of, uh, as I mentioned earlier, why I did things differently, they say that you shouldn't run like I remember it's 42.125, I think kilometers is that they say you shouldn't run more than 30 kilometers. I read online before the marathon. And I was in my head, if I only run 30 kilometers and on the day I have to do more than 10 in addition, like 12 kilometers more, that's huge psychologically in my head. So the longest I ran before the marathon was 36. And I'd done that prior to the three weeks. And when I woke up with the sore leg, and the sore knee, I was like, okay, so I physically felt capable, but mentally I was training myself. Mm -hmm. And what I did was that I was working through my mind each time. Now, to get to my morning and evening routine is is that in the evening when I go to bed, something you alluded to already, is I write down in a notebook that I have. And actually, this is an example of one of my Mm -hmm. notebooks. It's just a regular notebook, like a child's notebook from school. And I write down. It's very important to write it down because there's something to mm-hmm. writing as against typing with our fingers. I don't want to have the electronic device around me. I write down different things that I'm grateful for in my life mm-hmm. that happened that day. Like for example, being on your podcast yes. and I go through that and i my moments are gratitude lasting at night before I get into bed that's training my mind to focus on the positive and focus on the things that I want to keep in my life. Right. And it's in all different areas, whether it's relationships, whether it's in work, I cover those areas, what I'm inspired to write about. And then I, as I go to sleep, and you alluded to this a little bit issue when you talk about the brain waves, as we go into sleep, right? You know, this stuff, and you, Edison was well aware of this. You move to alpha, you We're yeah. in beta right now, alpha, yeah. Tina, yeah. delta, right? So you're kind of in that foggy gray area where you're kind of your subconscious mind is open. I'm programming myself right then because I'm talking to myself about the things that I want to have happen in my life. Yeah. And I'm using emotion. When I like, I have to work on this. I still work on this. I'm pushing my mind to actually see things happening that haven't happened yet. Yeah. And I'm training it to be my reality. And sometimes, you know, as I work through this process, I start to, I will fall asleep, but that's not bad. I'm falling asleep, focusing on things that I love. And in the morning, what I do is when I wake up, I reverse that. I go through the whole process before I open my eyes, thinking about those experiences like I did the night before. And then before I get out of bed, I write down about the things I want to have happen that day. And I write about them in the present tense as if they've already happened mm. or are happening. So I'm having a wonderful experience doing the podcast. We need I write it that way. Not I will, but I will write it down as it's in an ongoing experience. So it's, it's a loop. It's a constant loop. And I've been doing this every day, morning and night. Well, how long? Since 2000, after the marathon 2018. So that's three years solid. Now, I have to tell you that sometimes it does kind of some crazy things happen. And I haven't shared this before in a podcast, but I can give you an example. Now, you might say this is a little bit strange. People listening might, you know, if they're on the phone, they would hang up now. But honestly, I um, I live in the south of France right now and I had a property that I needed to sell and it was struggling. The real estate market in France doesn't move necessarily that quickly. It's not like in North America. And what happened was, is I was, one of the things that I was visualizing was that it was going to happen. The house was going to sell, yeah. the right person would show up and fall in love yeah. with it. Now I have the notebook because I have tons of these notebooks. I, I have the notebook somewhere where now this is really amazing to me. I wrote down on a Saturday morning that the house, I don't know why I wrote it down, that the house was sold. I hadn't wrote down that the house is going to sell. I wrote that the house was sold. That Saturday, I got a phone call from a lady who wanted to see the property. Now, a lot of properties in France are sold directly between individuals, particular particular, it's directly. It's not necessarily a estate agent. She called, she came home, she looked at the property, she had her sister with her. And why I'm smiling is when this is something that doesn't happen, she visited the house and right away she said she'd like to buy it. And I said, well, okay, how much would you like to pay? She said, I'll pay exactly what you want for it. Now, I ha- when this whole thing happened, it was a couple of days later that I went back and went, I wrote this down somewhere and I found it in my notebook because I believed that it was going to happen. Now, this does sound a bit wild to a lot of people, but I have seen that happen in other parts of my life too.
1: Not to me. It's giving me chills because you're confirming <laughs> the way I live my life. And it, it, I was just going to ask you. What have you seen? What are some of the, the strange things that you've manifested, right? That you've created and kind of welcome into your world. I mean, that was one of them.
0: That was one of them. And the marathon was in, was crazy for me, too, to complete the marathon, because not being a runner, starting on March the 7th, running on November the 11th, not being able to run three weeks before. Okay, add a little bit more to the, the craziness of the marathon. On <laughs> As part of the training for the marathon, I would go run on an empty stomach because I couldn't run when I had just eaten. Okay. Me too. Okay. (laughs) And it really helped my body bring up energy. Other side of the thing was is that when I was training, I was getting up at six in the morning and running when it was cooler before the sun was coming up, because it gets pretty hot in the south of France. And I was running as the temperature was building up during the year. So what happened was, I guess I didn't do enough research, even though I was looking at the finish line and everything online, I didn't realize two things. One was is that it's uphill the first part of the marathon. (laughs) out. <laughs> okay. Second thing is, is that it was sunny. And actually one of my friends that the one who invited me to the marathon, and said, David, you should bring a hat. I'm so glad I wore a hat during the race. And I carried my water bottle with me all the way through because I didn't want to just, people were getting a sip of water and throwing a bottle. And the way I am towards the environment, I wasn't going to just chuck plastic everywhere. So mm-hmm. I carried a bottle all the way through. But the other thing that was just amazing, Lunid, was that I got up we got up at six in the morning to get the bus with everybody to go to Marathon to and then the runs from there to Athens, okay? By the time I started the race, because I'd never done a marathon before, not even a half marathon, nothing. I was in the worst qualifiers position at the very back. I think it was 18,000 people who ran. I was in a group of like 10,000 people at the back. By the time I started the race, it was 9.30. I hadn't eaten since seven o'clock the previous morning. So when I started the marathon, I was a little bit hungry. but i ran the marathon and i completed the marathon and to me if i if somebody said ahead of time you're going to run the marathon it's going to be uphill it's going to be sunny and you won't have eaten for over you know 14 hours and you're going to do 42 and a quarter kilometers i'd say that's crazy but i did you did and it's like everything pulled me through that so i learned from multiple parts of that experience that I'm capable of things that I don't even think are possible.
1: Right. So
0: now uh, I've, I can find, for example, because in my knowledge of how the body works in that, you know, if you do intermittent fasting, different ways of eating, I can stop eating and it do- I don't die. Like, I'm very fortunate. I am a person who has access to food. Not everybody in the world does. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. But if I want to eat, I can eat, but I can stop eating. And for, you know, a, a day, two days, and it doesn't affect me negatively. Because I know in my mind what that experience is like.
1: Yeah. Same here. I go on random fast. I think I did one yeah. in January. My body, I didn't even know I was fasting. It was like until three days later, I was like, oh, I haven't eaten anything. <laughs> and then it's like the body knows. The body knows when it's time to take a break. It's time to reset. Yeah. And it's powerful. And sometimes we just need to listen to it a little bit more. And yeah. if we, don't, we don't take that time, that space to, yeah. to listen in. And so your story is incredible. Um, the things that you've been able to manifest, it's part of your visualization, right? Actually yes. to do it. Um, Chris Paul will say, I visualize the game. I visualize the game-winning shot. Um, he plays basketball here in the state. A lot of hockey players, they say they, it's a big part. A lot of um, triathlons and marathoners too, they're always envisioning going through the finish line. They spend the time and do every day to see themselves successfully completing the race. There was a study done. I, I don't know if you're aware of it. There was a study done where it was like half and half. They did the training and then the other half actually met, uh, visualized for 20 minutes. Yes. That they're going through the training. They're going through the the racing. They perform and out they, they did better than the people who did train every yes. day.
0: I'm going to, can I give you an example of how I, I use that same, similar, please, similar please, idea, yeah. because it's another thing like uh, now for people listening, it, it, this is not my story. This is, I believe is everybody's story because it, the things that you can do are, you know, if you prepare your mind and you work on it. Now, the thing is you have to dedicate yourself to building the habit over day by day, by day, it's the compounding effect, like mm-hmm. compound interest in a bank account. So I've been doing this for a long time, but it's helped prepare me. But I started at some point, you can start today, you can start tomorrow, but it compounds over time. I mentioned that about the rock climbing accident in 2014, I eventually got back into rock climbing. And when I started um, in, in, again in rock climbing, I decided it was at the last minute, it was the week of it, I was I was actually in a group where I was training indoors, I prefer now to climb outside on the cliffs but I uh, was we training inside and there was a competition that was coming up on the Saturday. And on the Thursday, a couple of people in the, like there's an adult section, the children's section said, why don't you just take part in, in the actual um, competition? And I thought, Oh, what the heck? I'll just do it anyway. But they said, you have to, uh, on, you have to gromp on tet. You have to climb um, what we call in English. You have to open the route, meaning you have to climb up the route and you hook in as you go up. There's not a rope on the top, Right. And so I learned that the week before. I actually went into the competition mm-hmm. and I'd only been climbing where there's a rope and someone's securing me on the rope and then climbing up the, it's like pins on the wall. And I entered the competition on the Saturday morning. I was there helping with the children's competition. And then I knew I was going to be in the competition in the afternoon. And what happened was I went home um, at 11 o'clock. Adults competition was started supposed to start at 1.20. It was a little bit late when it started, but I went home and I lay on the couch and I visualized All that time, and I didn't eat, I visualized me actually able to go up each one of the routes that I needed to do. Yeah. And I went back that afternoon, I did all routes, and afterwards they accumulated all the points for all the adults. And now, this is the amazing part of it. I didn't believe it. I actually finished first in the competition. Wow. And (laughs) I had just like, this was like an altered world experience, like, you know, the multiverse kind of thing. Like, I was like, when they call my name out because they call it you know third and second of mine, I was like, because it was in French, right? Like you know, i yeah. like, was like always doubting myself. <laughs> Did I hear when I hear that right? Like say what? It's me. Like it is. And so there was a bunch of gifts and prizes that that I won, but part of it was the physical training, the belief, but it was also the mental training, like you said. So this stuff does work. And if, if I, I encourage everybody that's you know, I mean, you're really doing it for anybody who's thinking about stuff that's listening just give it a shot. Now it doesn't happen overnight. This is not a hack. You know, you can't hack parenting. You can't hack relationships. You got to be all in, you got to be in the experience long-term and things will work out. But we're talking about your life. Yeah. We're talking about the commitment that you want to do. Like if somebody wants to start a business and they say, well, I want to b- build a business because I'm going to exit in two years and have a lot of money. I say, you're doing the wrong business. The business you need to do is the business you want to do forever. Right. It's the long term. And then if you have to change directions, you do, but like in relationships. But the point is, is that it's something that you're really committed to. The commitment will give you the motivation, which will move you along the pathway to your goals, which will lead you to your end point.
1: Mr. Hennessy, well said. I mean, this is just phenomenal stuff. And you are, I'm recharged with this conversation. I do have to say that. Uh, we're going a bit cool. longer, but I am super recharged. Sorry about because that. <laughs> it's Okay. It's, it's confirmation that it doesn't have to be hard. It's confirmation that if you visualize it, add, add the self-belief in there and take the time to find your purpose, and it doesn't have to be a hustle and bustle. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a challenge, and that's what you are confirming here by, by sharing the story, even with the racing, how you're able to finish. <laughs> it was just visualizing you walked for three weeks before you ran the marathon, yeah. um, because, but you visualized yourself going through it. Yeah. And, and the brain kicks in that. That's the power of our brilliant mind. Yeah. We undermine its power. And, and you just kind of emphasize it. So visualization is a piece of my morning routine. So let's talk about your, your morning routine. How do you get up, dress up, and show up?
0: Okay. when the morning when I wake up, I mentioned the what I do before I get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I, like yourself. Yeah. And uh, then I, I have water to drink right away as well. Yeah, And then the, the very first thing I will do, it's my little bit of a version of stretching. It's kind of like pieces of yoga and different things that I do to, to move my body. Yeah. And the very fir- next thing that I do every day, and it's especially important to me, it's very symbolic as well as physical, I go for a walk.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: because when I couldn't walk, it was uh, it's just the fact the first time I was able to walk around the block after not being able to walk without intense pain for six months, it has great meaning to me just to get outside and to move. And mm-hmm. on my day, I always have my day planned ahead of time. Meaning, but there's a key here. Um, something I think is really important for people to remember. I'm not a, an obsessive planner. I leave big spaces in my day in a mm-hmm. sense that I allow like the ebb and flow of life to take place. I always leave time to connect with family and friends. I don't plan things out. So there's spaces. As I like to share with people, music has gaps that are silenced that make the music beautiful. If music mm-hmm. was just the notes, it would be all noise. You mm-hmm. need to have the space. So even though people might think that, oh, David's constantly focusing on his mind, that, no, I leave spaces between. There's routines and there's gaps. And that reduces enormous amount of stress in my life because I used to be a person who would get very, very stressed out. Mm-hmm. Like, like bonkers, okay? <laughs> like I get <laughs> wired over things. And now it's like, it just, I let it go. But I see the world very, very differently. Yeah. But that's come from active working on the process over time and then engaging in some habits that I learned over the years. I've been blessed by many people. You've mentioned a number of people myself, yourself that, I, that I'm aware of. And I've dabbled in learning from different people. But I also... If I hear something new, uh, let's see if it resonates for me. Was that going to work for me? Because most things do, like I say, the wonder technique, like I don't know anybody who can get by without drinking water. Like some people make all kinds of excuses and say, I can drink orange juice, tea, coffee. And I'm like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. not the same thing for your body. So you need to identify that. But some people will find a different way, for example, to drinking water. There's a different way. Someone will drink out of a bottle. They carry a cup, a glass bottle. Like there's different approaches. You personalize the experience. Like And also when exercise, this is something else I'm sharing is that I hike and, and its byproduct is exercise. Some people dance. Their byproduct is right. exercise. Some people go to the gym. Some people do mar- marathons, Ironman. They have a different way of expressing it in their life. So find something that you love to do and call it exercise. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you integrate things into your life the way, because if you're running with friends and you actually don't like to run, cycle beside them, use a skateboard, rollerblades, whatever it is you want to do. If you want to be involved in that activity with them or do something else, make sure Mm -hmm. you're doing something you love, because as you probably know, Lunid, if you're doing something against what you like to do, it kind of sets up a barrier in your head. You're fighting yourself. Yeah. And you're likely maybe to even injure yourself. You know, I had one friend tell me recently that they had a lot of regret because they promised to go on a biking trip with a friend because they didn't want to disappoint the friend. But in fact, they didn't want to go on a biking trip. And it was so painful for them because they were doing something they didn't want to do. So it's really important that we follow against so, the, the
1: grain. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you got to with the flow. You got to go with the flow. And then you, you said something um, that I want to close off with before. Yeah. It's you think about what you want in your life. Don't think about the things you don't want in your life. Think about the things that you do want. Like you said, making that exercise yours. Um, People don't think about dancing as exercising or skating as exercising, Mm -hmm. taking a walk as exercising. And for someone like you who couldn't walk and now has the ability to walk, it's an honor for you. It's a privilege, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a right. It's a privilege uh, to walk. And then just being able to pinpoint what is it that you like doing? And then call it exercise. Make sure you 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 moving the body. You do have to move the body. So it, or else it will break down on you. Yep. The back pain, all that will will kick in. The headaches, and then if that happens, then you are not living your optimal. Exactly. Your optimal self. So this this is really really something that um, we wanted to hear, and I'm so excited you made the time. So tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you?
0: Okay. As always, the secret is in the simplicity. It's the wondertechnique.com, dot com. Everything is there on my website. Even there's a connection there to some short videos that I've done. And there's also access to the nine eBooks that I've written. And there's a blog and then people, here's the bonus here. If people go, I have to remember this. (laughs) On, uh, On my website, if people decide they want to become a member of my newsletter, not only will they get the newsletter, they also get a ton of gifts. There's an ebook that's uh, 10 steps to health and happiness. There's many motivational cards they can print off, need that mm-hmm. they can stick in the pocket or give to a loved one. There's also a, a better sleeping checklist, a better relationship checklist. There's a whole bunch of things, like a bunch of gifts that people get freely when they go to my website.
1: That is fantastic. May, ladies and gentlemen, this has been David Hennessy. I mean... What a great conversation and the holistic personal self-development program, the wonder technique. And David has one mission to give the fundamental tools of personal development to everyone around the world. And this conversation is, has been a highlight of that. You came up, you show up for us. We thank you for all that you, the insight you brought forward today. It's been a pleasure having you here.
0: Lenita, it's been my honor and thank you for giving me your time and the people that are giving me their time by listening. Fantastic. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.